We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, Rob Doster here, and you are listening to a Field of 68 NBA Draft Prospect Profile. We're going to be rolling these out all month, leading up to a full first round live mock draft with the six NBA draft experts that we're going to be hosting one week before the actual draft itself takes place. While you're here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and a review, that stuff really does help us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on any of the platforms that you listen to the audio of this show. But listen, that's enough of that. That's enough of the promos. Let's get into today's prospect profile. Welcome to another episode of the 2023 NBA Draft Prospect Profiles here on the Field of 68. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me today Coach Matt McCall, and we are going to be breaking down one of my favorite players and favorite prospects in this draft class, a guy that came out of nowhere, a top 100-ish kind of a prospect coming out of Fort Lauderdale uh, who went to UCF, who averaged just under 16 points, seven boards, and shot 39% from three on more than five threes per game while standing six foot nine and 210 pounds and a terrific athlete. That is Taylor Hendricks from UCF. Do not call them Central Florida. Matt, what do you make of Taylor Hendricks and where he came from this year? Do not call them Central Florida. You got to call them UCF because Central UCF. Florida used to be in my hometown. It was Central Florida Community College. So don't don't call them Central Florida. It's UCF. <laughs> um, I look at him, he's 6'9", and he shot 40% from three, right? But he didn't just hang on the perimeter. Seven rebounds per game as a freshman with that frame, with that size. You want to talk about a 3 and D type of guy. I, I think he fits that mold. There's one name that comes to mind for me when I just watch him. Uh, that's Dorian Finney-Smith, and I just say that because I coached him at Florida, but he has similar size, similar ability to knock it down from three, and similar ability to mix it up inside and rebound the basketball. Obviously, Dorian has had a great career in the NBA thus far, played so many years for the Dallas Mavericks. Now he's with the Brooklyn Nets, but this guy's upside is only in front of him, and his upside is through the roof. And like you alluded to, Top 100-ish type of player, went to the school, went to the right fit, got you know on the stage in the right way, right style of play to really flourish in the system. And you know, you're talking about a guy that that some experts have him in the top ten of the draft. I think that I would 
seriously consider taking him in the top 10. I don't think that that's crazy at all. Um, before we talk a little bit about him as a player, just in general, how do how do guys with this level of talent slip through the cracks? Like, how do they, why was he not at a SEC program? Why was he not, for a guy with that length and athleticism, why was he not at Alabama playing for NATO? It's like, how does, how does he end up at a program like UCF? Well, he played at UCF with his brother. That was one of the factors, correct? Like his brother mm-hmm. was there. And I think that was something that was important for the family. And I have tremendous respect for that. When you, when you, when you think about that, that, uh, wanted to play with him and, and be in that environment and that atmosphere. But I think the transfer portal probably has something to do with it. I think so many coaches are so focused and lasered in on taking transfers and not focused on who are the best players in our area, who are the best players in our state that can help us and help us next year. I think that has a factor. Um, but you know, again, th- there's so many of these guys that you see that fall through the cracks and they end up going to the right place at the right time for them and just completely flourish. And I think that's the biggest thing and maybe the biggest message to high school players, you know, anywhere is don't worry about the school or the level. And UCF, obviously, you know, going to an even bigger level next year. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's the right fit. It's the right place. And being in the right system, your game can flourish. And I think that's a that's a message to all high school players. Yeah, he very much is the prototype for uh, what NBA teams are looking for from their forwards, right? 6'9", crazy length, terrific athlete, really explosive, makes threes, and showcase throughout your if you watch a tape, man, like he he would switch out on the point guards and would do a job, not just like staying Takes pride in it. Yeah, Takes he pride would, in it. Yeah. He would do a job against them. I think of I think Jaron Jackson is like the archetype for the ideal for what you're looking for out of that role. I don't think that Taron Hendricks, uh the Taylor Hendricks is going to be Jaron Jackson, but I see some Jeremy Grant there. You mentioned Dorian Finney Smith. I could see that a little bit. I think he's a little bit more of a I pro I I I think of him as a four, where I think of uh, Finney Smith more as like a three, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but in college, Dodo yeah. only played the four. Um, yeah, didn't didn't play much three. So, but I can say again, I think it's you know you look when you look at these NBA franchises, there's going to be a superstar on every single team, mm-hmm. and now the way the game has transitioned to. It's so much about floor spacing. So as we have our superstar and the ball is in our superstar's hands, the other guys around him, can they space the floor? And then on the other end of the floor, how are they impacting the game? Can they defend? Can they rebound? So offensively, can they make a corner three? Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. Threes are in the corner. Guys are getting the ball swung to them. Even the playoffs – Right now, my man Al Horford, when the ball hits his hands and the Celtics are making corner threes, they're winning games. When they're missing corner threes, they're struggling. I mean, that's just, it's kind of, it's the way the game has evolved to say. So these players that are getting drafted, I'm look, you're looking at them, size, length, athleticism. Can they defend? Can they switch? And can they make threes? That's that's how the game has evolved because our superstars are going to get so much attention. There's more emphasis on ball movement and player movement. 
So when the ball gets swung to me and it hits my hands and I'm in the corner, can I make the shot? And he's the guy that can. Yeah, the, the absolutely. The shooting is 100% a major part of it. He also had a, quite a few opportunities where, you know, he's pump faking three-point lines, taking one dribble and dunking on somebody's head. Like he's he's the kind of dude. He's, he's got like that one-step burst, right? There's guys that need uh, a runway to be able to to get to their max jump. Like he needs a step. And that's about it. And he's jumping there. He's he's getting two hands at the top of the square. Um, the thing that I love about him when watching the tape is not just is he a good and willing one-on-one defender, but he's a really smart rotational defender too. Like he's coming over from the weak side and pinning shots against the backboard. He's getting these chase down blocks. I feel like he is in the right position and has like this the the instinctual side that you need, which is really impressive for uh, he's 19 years old. And like he's not coming from one of these big powerhouse prep schools, right? Like he's, you know, he's he, he has a feel for the game that I think is beyond his years. Yeah, don't don't sleep on Florida basketball now. Don't sleep on Florida high school basketball now. There's I never would. Great, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare, McCall. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> no, but I I think it's important for the for the right team to take him because I do think even as talented as he is, I think the development piece is going to be big surrounding him with the right players and the, and the right pieces to help because he's so young. And like you said, he's not coming from a power five, although there'll be a power five next year. He's not coming from that environment. He's not coming from, you know, one of the most heralded schools in the country as a, as a high school player. So I, I think the people that he's going to be surrounded with, with whatever organization takes him is extremely important on his ceiling, right? Like, I mean, what's his ceiling? Because he's so young. I mean, we're, we're talking about a guy that could be, with his talent ability, he could end up being an all-star if he's put in the right environment and the investment for him is there. And I know there's a million, millions and millions of dollars that is, is put into it, but we've seen it all the time. Talented player gets drafted, probably not the right fit, not people around him, not the right veterans around him. We don't really hear about them again. We don't we don't mm-hmm. hear about them reaching their potential. Other guys that go to the right place, they're around the right people, they end up being NBA All-Stars, especially guys that are so young that don't have that experience. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that that All-Star upside cuz I think when you look at someone like a Trey Murphy or someone like an OG Ananobi, I mentioned Jeremy Grant, you mentioned Dorian Finney. Like the the prototype is there for them to for for Taylor to have a long, very profitable NBA career. No um, do you think there is the potential for like a Paul George kind of career arc? Can he have, do you think he has enough potential as maybe an individual shot creator, a one-on-one bucket getter kind of a guy? Can he develop into a player like that, do you think? I mean, I don't think there's any question about it just because of how young he is and what he did this past season. Um, I, I think the development has to be there. I think, like I said, the right people have to be around him. Um, but I think his ceiling is through the roof. I, I don't think there's a cap on his ceiling. We're not talking about a guy that's, you know, undersized, had a good college career, can make some shots. Yeah, we know he can defend. Yeah, he can add some value to an NBA franchise because he's a winner, because he was coached, because we know he can defend. No, we we have 34 games and 35 minutes per game 
on a team that didn't make the NCAA tournament. But, man, this player caught our eye. And he mm -hmm. caught our eye with what he did at such a young age. And there's a lot of intrigue there of what is his ceiling. And we don't know that yet. Could he end up being an all-star with his size, his length, and his ability to shoot the basketball from the printer? No question about it. I don't think we have enough information yet. But definitely the talent's there. Yeah, I, I just I, – the reason I like him so much is because I think that the floor is incredibly high. Now, I, I don't really see – outside of injuries, I, I don't really see a path to him being a complete failure. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, you're going to get a guy that is going to get a second contract in the league, I think, because he checks all of those boxes. He can guard one through four. He can be a small ball five and be someone that can catch lobs at the rim. Um, he can make threes. He spaces the floor as a vertical spacer with a lob threat. He spaces the floor with his ability to get in the corner, knock down a three. I think he could be a pick and pop threat. Like, he just he fits so many things that you need to do as a role player in the NBA. The question is going to be, does he accept that role? Does he buy into it? He went to UCF to play with his brother. I think he's going to be okay buying into what a team needs him to do. No question about it. And can he start as a role player and grow into something bigger? Or does he get drafted by a team that needs him to be one of their top three players right away. Like that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, can you get drafted by a franchise that, hey, I'm going to be a role player. And all of a sudden, 20, 30, 40 games into the season, my role is going to increase. I think that's a big key for him. Mm -hmm. I agree. The the upside is there, the floor is there. And I don't know how many players in this draft you can say both of those things about especially the ones coming from the collegiate ranks. I don't know if there are five guys that I would take over him uh, in this draft coming out of college. Um, obviously, like Scoot and and Wemby and, and the Thompson twins are going to be up there. I don't know if there's five guys coming out of college that I would take over him as a player. Listen, this has been the NBA draft prospect profile for UCF's Taylor Hendricks. Uh, Matt, I feel comfortable saying that he's one, both of us think he's one of the most interesting and fun prospects in this year's draft. I loved watching tape on him. Love talking with you about him. If you do enjoy these prospect profiles, check the links in the description. We are going to be rolling out more than 50 of these over the course of May and June. Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's 
field six eight f i e l d the number six the number eight and you can get yours now so check it out and help support this show thanks we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeff Goodman here with Randolph Childress breaking down all the guys in the NBA draft on the field of 68. And we start out with a pretty interesting one, RC, and one that I'm really, really curious to get your take on. That mm -hmm. is Houston freshman Jarris Walker. All right, 6'8", skilled, 240 pounds, big, uh, fairly strong, skilled. I didn't love him the first time I saw him, which was uh, in AU ball. I, I got to admit, didn't play well. He's not a great athlete. Um, I was kind of torn on him. And the more I saw him, the more he grew on me in college playing for Kelvin Sampson. Was never a dude for him. Was a good player. And now a lot of people have him in their mock drafts as high as number six. Yeah. What do you think? Of, I think that's high. I, you know what it is? I think Simpson, I think he's high on because of you, he knows what he is and you know what you're getting. I, if I had to say that that's why he's that high, I, I think offensively you feel like he's a okay to good shooter. I don't think you you would say he's great. He's got a little bit of a hitch on his shot would be offensively. I think you'd say he's probably more of a straight line driver if you had to put it down. But defensively, IQ, passing, like he's a guy that you can slide in and physically he's ready to go right away. I mean, he's not going to be your typical come in and you know, we're going to talk about another guy, you know, later that way with Lively that, that kind of fits a similar mold. He's a defensive guy, but a high IQ guy, a ball mover. If he can improve in shot making, I don't think he'll ever be a guy with wiggle with the ball. I don't think that's that'll ever be his game. 
But if he can consistently knock down a shot, I mean, he's coming in defensively, you know, ready with a high IQ. See, I see him more as a as a, mid, a 10 to 20, 10 to 15 guy. Like, I just think if you're taking him at 6, 7, 8, it's a little bit of a reach for, for again, right. somebody that I think is going to be a good piece. Right. But I'm not sure he's ever going to be an all-star caliber player. Am I crazy right. to say that or no? I, I don't I don't know because I think you're talking about a guy playing on the perimeter. He's a piece that I think will be in someone's rotation being that way. I I, I think there's other guys. Again, one of the guys we're going to talk about in, in Hushafino, I think he's a guy that could slide up. There's a couple of guys that we look that probably provide a little bit more offensive punch. But, again, if you're – I'm with you. It's a little high. He but plays again, off the bounce. That That's my biggest thing. Can you give him the ball, no, RC, no, and no. say, hey, go make a – because – those are the forwards that are in demand right now in the NBA, no. right? The guys no. multi-dimensional that you say, you know, Jason Tatum, even a Paul George is is he, you know, a healthy Paul George. Guys like that that you give them the ball and you say, "Hey, create. Go go get go get us a bucket." I don't know if Jarris Walker is ever going to be that guy. I think he's he's a guy that he's going to have to play off other dudes to be able to kind of create and get his. I agree with you. I think his 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 passing ability is so high. I think he's a high Q guy that you just see some of the plays that he makes, but he's not creating. He's not a guy who's coming off a ball screen. He's not a ball screen decision maker, but he does make the right pass within the flow of an offense. So I, I think that's the difference. He's not. He's just not a guy you give the ball to go get you a bucket. But his intangibles and everything else, tough work ethic, winner, all those things, he checks the box. And a lot of these guys is. I'd say this, Jeff, about certain guys. I would rather draft a guy that knows what he is because guys don't have time anymore. As we're saying in the NBA now, coaches don't have time. Yeah, I don't have time to wait. That The, the potential is great yeah. when you're in an organization like OKC and you're hitting a reset button, but how many other organizations have the patience of OKC to sit around and wait on a guy? So I I, I think it's a, it's a little high for what you're accustomed to doing. You probably want to draft a guy a little bit more on a higher upside. But if he can if he can consistently knock down threes, I mean he was 35% from threes this year. If he can consistently knock down that clip at the next level with the way he's going to be able to defend, I think the versatility in which he can defend, then I think he's a rotational guy. And that's all you ask. And where you're drafting him, as long as you know what you're getting, I think it fits. See, I just think it's hard to draft him that high. So, like to me, if if, if I'm talking a top 10 guy, I want somebody with higher upside. I, I agree. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean top 10, I agree. Again. Listen, you give me him at Jarris Walker 12 at 15, I'm excited. I'm excited because I think he can come in and help you right away. You know, right. he just he learned from one of the best coaches in America who, who's not going to spoon feed him anything. Right. Uh, and made him tougher, right? Made him better on the defensive end. You know, average 11.2 points, almost seven rebounds, shot a respectable 35 from three. Not yeah. great. No. You know, pretty good shot blocker. Here's my other thing with Jarris Walker. He played in the American Athletic Conference, okay, which was a yeah. mid-major plus league last year. Let's call it what it what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was not the SEC. No. It was it was not the Big Twelve. It was not the Big East. You know, he was playing against a lot of teams and a lot of players that aren't even going to be playing professionally when they're done with college. So I, I think it was good for Jarris Walker honestly, to be able to get his confidence where a lot of other freshmen around the country struggled mightily last year. He did not. And part of it, I think, was the level of competition helped him early 
especially, you know, in conference play. Um, so I, I, I like Jarris Walker. Again, I just I'm not sure I'm as high on Jarris Walker as some others. What he's one of those guys that somebody you're gonna have to get him in a workout because what helped him is some 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 of these guys they show you enough that you see the potential, yeah. but they don't show you too much to show you what they can't do. And that's what happened to him in that Houston system. But he showed you a lot earlier in games like Virginia against you know veteran front lines. He was yep. a man child against some of those non-conference, you know, ACC, those high you know, high major teams. So it, it's it's one of those things I would love to see what he looks like in a workout because who, that's who what's going to happen. Like, who do you is there a good comparison? I mean, I've seen like some people trying to compare him to like Julius Randle, a uh, uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh, I've heard those comparisons. I think he's probably somewhere in between those guys. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a number like Julius Randle can be a number one. Maybe he's really a number two scoring option for a team. Is Jarris Walker a? Is he a ten year starter? Do you think in the NBA, or are you talking about a guy who could be a second unit guy? Like, what do you? Obviously, if if a team takes him at number six, they're yeah. thinking he's a ten year starter. But let's be honest, this is one of the weaker drafts that we've seen in some time. Yes. And and and, and so it's some of these things of where guys are being drafted. I think it's just, hey, you can decide, hey, do I want to take a winger on a guy that has so much upside, whether he gets there or not, and I'm going to stick this guy in a G League. Right. But I'm thinking of, like I said, if you can't do that with any any particular player that under the construction of your roster, we're talking about teams. Yeah. He is a guy you can get and say, hey, I can bring this guy in here and he knows what he is. Is he a scoring option? He won't be. He won't be a top guy. He'll just fit in and be a dude. Yep. On any of these teams that are still playing in the playoffs right now, he's just a reserve guy off the bench. I, I think like everything else with all these guys, it's just a, it's just a situation that they, they get placed in. And he's no different. He needs guys around him that if he gets to come in and defend, be a ball mover yep. and play well, he looks that much better. If you're going to bring him in and expect him to be a scorer, He's going to struggle. So you, I, I, we got to give these guys some credit. I don't think anybody's going to draft him and be like, hey, we're going to put you in ball screen, put him in a situation that's going to make him uncomfortable. So I I, I I like him, but I think because of this draft, he'll probably go top 10. I, I think the, he's one of those guys expectations-wise. I expect him to be lower. But, hell, we can say that about a couple of other guys that we'll discuss you know, today throughout. So um, I like him. I, I like what he does. I would like for him – one thing I would like for him to work on significantly, obviously his his ability to catch and shoot threes is yeah. if he can punish switches. Right. So if he if he can screens and punish switches against guards and start taking guys inside and forces a double team, I think he can. I, I know he could, and yeah. that's what I mean where he can be effective. He's smart enough, the intangibles enough that if he can just say, "Hey, let me come set this screen of six eight two forty, post up your switching on your guard." Now his bat, his passing ability is elite. I think he's a big-time passer. Now, all of a sudden, he does that. He finds his way into a roster, and he knows how to play. He's just not going to do it from the traditional way that we're talking about. It's almost like he's a throwback. Right. Like, I right. want to say, like, a you know, we talk about body types, like a Paul Millsap type of – he's a throwback guy. He's a big physical guy. He moves well on the perimeter, not overly athletic, but if he can screen and knows how to play and post up smaller guards. If he and can he, do that – He's only 19. He I mean, that's the yes. other part. Yes. He's 19, he turns 20, yes. so – He's still young. He's long, which yep. everybody wants these days, right? He's got a 7-2 wingspan, so that's going to help him at the next level. Uh, but I agree. Listen, the biggest thing, 
he's got to be able to make shots consistently because nobody's going to guard him out there to no. start. So make corner open threes. And to be honest, you're going to, you're going to find yourself on the floor because you're tough. You can move the ball. You're, you're a high IQ guy. You do everything well, nothing yes. elite. I, I think yes. that's the thing with, with Jarris Walker to me. Yep. He, he does everything well, nothing elite, but he's young and he's only going to get better. And I think that's why he goes in the top 10 is some teams might project what he's going to be at 22, 23 is far off from what he's what he is today. Then his intangibles are off the charts too. They rave about him. His work ethic's great. Yep. He's going to work. He's going to make himself a player. I mean, he's going to make you. He's making himself a player. So, I, like I said, the only thing I like to see him doing here and now is knock down open shots and post up smaller guards. If if he does that, if he's allowed to do that within the system, I think he can be effective offensively. He's his scoring ability is going to come. It has to come late. But like most of these guys coming in. You're not getting the ball. You're not getting 20 shots. You're going to have to come in and figure out that part he's going to do well in. And, yeah, he'll, and getting drafted. he'll be a piece. Like, he'll, he'll be, be a, piece. a piece to start. And the yep. question is, can he turn himself into more a than player. a piece? And that'll yep. happen gradually, I think, over the course of, of, of his career. But the investment's going to be there because Jaris Walker is going to go somewhere yep. in the lottery. Uh, could he go as high as six or seven? Uh, possibly, but... Uh, Jarris Walker, an intriguing prospect to watch going into the NBA. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Randolph Childress. Make sure you watch all of our breakdowns on the NBA draft on Field Assistant.